When they are consuming your minds and your thoughts and your dreams, from the angels to the demons and to the mysteries unseen, there is no need to worry, and there is no need for dread. It's just time to discuss the thing at the foot of the bed. Good evening, and if you're just tuning in, you are listening live to 105.3 out of New Orleans, Louisiana, to The Thing at the Foot of the Bed. I am one of the hosts of the show. I'm going to pass it over to my wonderful co-host in just a sec. I am Laura Lee Potvin, host of The Angel Rock here on Monday nights on UPRN, same time, same space, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I am a clairvoyant medium. I'm also a Canadian crystal Reiki energy healer, Akashic Records practitioner, spiritual teacher and mentor and registered nurse. Now, a few things, just a few housekeeping notes. First of all, if you want to, we love when you guys comment because we have the predictable, the unpredictable, predictable readings sometime in this two hour period. Also, we'd like to see your comments and questions. So please head over to UFO Paranormal Radio, either on the Facebook page or YouTube. The other thing is we are streaming on Roku. I don't have a Roku. Uh, I guess it's a code you can get, but there's an easy way to find us. You're going to head over when you're signed into Roku to the channel store and you're going to type in capital letters UFO space P as in Peter as in paranormal. When you get to the P, there's going to be, I think, four or five names that are going to come up. You're going to look for UFO paranormal and then the and sign, and I believe it says United Public. That is our channel. You can watch us there live. So I'm going to pass you over to my amazing co-host, David Hansel. Hey, Dave, how's it going? Let them know all about you. <laughs> Hi, everybody. My name is David Hansel. I am a spiritual medium, uh, angel communicator, guide communicator. Um, I do all kinds of things. <laughs> um, and that's about it. And I just love the paranormal since I was a very young child. And you know what, when you say the word, Laura Lee, when you just said the word UFO, I just, I just love UFOs. I oh, do. Well, I'm going to give a huge shout out to my friend, um, Lorian. Lorian works. Why can it, her name, you know what? I swear to God, I've been thinking I'm coming down with Alzheimer's lately. I'm not, let me find her name. I know her name. She's like I said, she's a friend of mine. I'm having her on the show. Give me one sec guys. Cause it just completely left my brain. There's a read Lorian Fenton. My goodness left my brain. I shouldn't. She's very well known in the UFO community with MUFON. She has a huge UFO con coming up March 17th, 18th and 19th. I believe it's in San Diego. So check that. I've shared it on my Facebook pages. She's going to be on the show. She's going to be on, I believe the delicious recipe next week to talk about it with Adele, my, uh, my partner in crime. I'm in his space. I'm a little discombobulated. I'm hoping I'm like, literally I told Dave before we went live, I could reach out and touch the router. Maybe it's the UFO aliens. I don't know, Dave, what do you think? <laughs> There's energy everywhere, but you know, I do. I really, I, I just, I just love it. And that's, I just want people to know that. I mean, I don't, I am not by any means an expert in the whole thing. Um, Neither of us are. 
I just known they've existed since I was a child because I saw them and I saw UFOs. So of course they exist. I mean, if right now in this day and age, if you still think that they don't exist, you're, you're really locked away in a closet because they are everywhere. I would love if anybody, if you ever have a chance to go to a UFO con and speak to some of these people, speak to uh, experiencers, experiencers, those people who, um, that's what I guess that's what they call people who have been um, taken or went with. I, I don't always I say think taken. I have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, don't think, I don't think it's always a taken thing. Somebody had asked me, Laura Lee, that um, one of my questions on TikTok one time was if we are abducted or taken by UFOs, is that part of our soul contract? And <laughs> from what I know, is that most times it is part of the soul contract because um and then and it just kind of makes sense when i was told that it makes sense because of the fact that i mean spirits won't even infringe on our free will unless we allow them to like you know give permission to help in different ways you know some stuff they'll you know kind of push us towards but uh as far as ufos that's that's a big life changer for some okay people. well i think i've told you this thing but okay so it's not me guessing but it was when we were living in our previous home. I was very, very tired. I've lived in the city my whole life, as well as being a community visiting nurse. So I know every back road, even out in the country, I had that area. And I was at the lights by my old house. I should have been gone by rights three to five minutes. I closed my eyes at the lights. And I remember all of a sudden I was in front, probably about 40 miles away from where I was at the lights. An hour and a half had passed. My phone was ringing. And it was Adele going, where the heck are you? You should have, like, did you get in an accident? Like, what happened? Because he knew how tired I was. And I had to say, I don't know. And I remember him yelling, what do you mean you don't know? Because he's like, like, what's going on here? My car was in the opposite direction. I was in front of this building. I don't think I could ever find it if I tried. And all the windows were all smashed out. I was surprised even I got cell service. So you tell me how I ended up 40 miles away an hour and a half later blinking my eyes i know it's odd i've had um i've had a few experiences where um this is and, and not too many people know this one because i used to chalk this one up when i was younger i used to tell everybody oh i was just drinking and that's what happened but as i got older and looked back i was in i i grew up in wisconsin and i used to go to this bar I lived uh, near Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the bigger city. And me and my friends used to drive to this bar in Kenosha. And one night I got in my, I had a, I think it was a Trans Am at the time. That's how long ago this was. And I had a white Trans Am and we, I drove out in, it was on New Year's Eve. And I got off work a little late, probably about like eight o'clock. I ran home, changed everything. I got in my car and I drove in a snowstorm all the way to uh, Kenosha, which in itself was stupid to do in a Trans Am. Um, mm -hmm. And Wisconsin weathers are like Canada, you know? I mean, there's there's snow, there's definite snow. Mm -hmm. Got there and I, I had and a I, well, I hear you. Yeah. I got there and uh, I drank a bottle of champagne with a friend of mine who was getting late and all this other stuff. So I, I drank and I was having fun and all these things. And I went, I smoked at the time and I said, I'm going to run out to my car and get a pack of cigarettes. So I went out to my car and 
I remember sitting in my car and lighting the cigarette and sitting there a minute and I'm just kind of dozing off a little bit. And then I woke up in the highway, um, almost home, pulled over to the side of the road with zero recollection. And I'm not talking like I could not have been that drunk to not even remember restarting my car and anything. I don't, so I don't know what happened. I mean, it might not have been UFO related at all. It might've been. Okay. So there's a reason why I say UFO. Okay. Because I had what, before I rediscovered my gifts, they've always been with me, but um, I had a reading with a bunch of people and, you know, different people giving me ideas, whatever. But one of the people that gave me a reading, if they, now I, I always say this as an analogy, nobody gives out lottery numbers. We don't give out lottery numbers with what we do. But if some, I always say, if she gave me the lottery numbers, I would go out and buy a ticket. I always say that about you too, Dave. And so when she was doing this reading and she's talking about all this UFO stuff, like that she said, said there was a crystal. No, I, I can't verify this. I'm just sharing it. She said that there was a crystal buried deep in the ground. Uh, she could hear this really strange language, like a bunch of clicks, kind of like robot-y kind of stuff. And she said some land the First Nations people knew was meant to be lived on and some wasn't. And she said, you're, you're, where your house is built, it was never meant to be lived on. So I thanked her very much for the reading. And I got off the phone. I thought, has that girl lost her damn mind? Like, like I've never heard anything like this out of her mouth. And then I realized, no no, no, there's no way she is. So I started really looking into this stuff. Then fast forward being on this network, which is known as UFO Paranormal Radio Network. That was its first name. And it's also known as United Public Radio Network. We have many hosts, many shows. So please share and like and subscribe. But also, um, there's something for everybody here. Uh, we've got so many new hosts, new shows. But the owner of the network, Joe Montaldo, going to give you a huge shout out, Joe, if you're listening. Thank you for the space you provide for all of us. Um, he is very involved with ICAR, the International Center for Alien Research. And I do know he's been doing a 20 plus year study on um, RH negative blood, which he claims does not exist. And I've seen research on this. It never existed before 70,000 years ago. Um, green eyes and red hair. My mother has all of those things. She also makes fun of the things that like that you and I do. But um, we've gotten into some interesting discussions with with Joe on very various paranormal um, panels and stuff. And like you're talking about contracts, right? I agree with you. Hi, Michelle from from Australia. She said, "Good day, only listening. Have a good show. Thanks, Michelle." Um, but he said that what he believes is it runs in families, like besides a contract, like there's only certain families that there's interactions with. None of us are experts in this field. Anyways, I say, you know, we're not going to know until we go back home ourselves permanently. Right. We're even, not. Even, I always tell that people, even with uh, people like me who've had uh, near death experiences, we still don't know everything because we aren't over there staying there permanently. Plus we can only, you can, if you're alive, you can only go so far before you're pulled back anyway. So I agree with you on that and with the UFOs as well. I mean, I'm sure we'll find out those things because it's just too weird because a lot of people, it, it got brought up when somebody asked me that because a lot of people think that when you come here, you're just a human soul and that's all you are. But you're basically, you're, you're a soul 
and you mm -hmm. come down to have a human experience and a physical human experience. One hundred percent. Meaning that you could not be a soul that also has experiences elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is. Hi, Carrie. Shout out Hayes while you're talking. Sorry, Dave. That's okay. Hi, Carrie. So. And Shannon. Hi, Shannon. I would so, love to talk. I'd love to talk to a expert in UFOs and tell them about my, you know, my experience when I was real young and that kind of alien that I saw that, that gets a bad rap. And I have to say that I remember clearly at that time, there was nothing bad. I felt nothing bad. I have no feeling of bad. All the only You know what I heard recently though? And it made a lot of sense. It resonated with me that regardless of what alien species it might be, it's kind of like the human species where we have good yeah. and we have and bad. Yeah. Because I've heard this. You know what? Joe always says, if I ever get to New Orleans, because that's where we're broadcasting from. Dave's in the US too. And I'm in Canada. It's the miracle of the internet. He says, if I ever get down to New Orleans, he is trained in hip hypnotherapy. And he asked me if I'd be open to having a session. I said, absolutely. I'd love to know like what happened in that time period because I have no memory of it. So I'd, I'd love to find out too. Oh. I'd love to go to New Orleans just to go <clears throat> through some of the old, I've always wanted to go into some of the places that are haunted or very haunted because there's, there's a lot of stuff in New Orleans. Joe and is the person to talk to. He's lived there his whole life. He calls himself Cajun. He, he's got that Southern charm. He's got that accent. He tell he, you get him talking about the French quarter and, and all that stuff. But you know what he said? Because he his muggle job, he runs a construction company, right? He mm -hmm. said after Katrina, they were one of the first construction companies out there starting to do the rebuilding. And what he talks about many of the horrors and sights he saw. But he also feels he's got quite a few paranormal stories, too. And he says that in the French Quarter, where it was extremely haunted before Katrina, that they've noticed a lot of the activity has moved on. Like it's still in other parts of the city, but he said the quarter is the oldest part. I haven't been there. I'm just going on what he shared. And he says they believe what's happened with the salt water coming in, that it cleared some of the activity. So I don't know if that's true or not. I've never been there, but I have to take somebody's word for it that lives there, right? So in hmm. spiritual theory, in spiritual theory, salt water could have cleared some of the energy. I mean, I believe it. yeah, it, it could be. Yeah, I can't, I wouldn't, I can sit here and discount that because that would be as good as reason of any. Um, I don't know why salt works. And that's, I mean, something we should talk about too. Why, before we came on, um, I've also morally got a lot of questions from people about how people can bring up their psychic abilities and what do psychics use and what do spiritual what should spiritual people have do they need to own or they're like anything you know so i thought about you know doing like a little fun 101 about um if somebody okay you know what i'm gonna say really easy and then i know we're gonna get into specifics the number one thing i think that people should have when they want to you know, connect with their abilities, because I do believe everybody has these abilities. And Absolutely. as we age, some of us just tuck them away and move on into adulthood. Hi, Carrie Crawford. You can't go anywhere in the quarter without feeling a wide variety of emotions. Well, thank you for sharing that. I can feel um, that just listening to that. So what I was going to say is, I think the number one thing you need when you feel that call, right, 
And I really suggest this is to be open to everything and, and to work with a variety of different mentors that you feel that you need to work with, like you feel a kinship, if you will, with them, because there are some people that only work with one mentor. And it's not my job to judge, but I feel we get a much more well-rounded approach with things that we can learn about, things we can connect with and different ways, like, because everybody's different. Like it drives me crazy when someone says, well, if it worked for me, it can work for you. That is not true. We are all different. So by working with a variety of different people, you know, you're going to find something that's going to work for you. Go ahead, Dave. I can always feel Hi, Simon. Welcome. He's going fabulous material. uh, material. We appreciate your feedback. And Sherry, I'm sorry, Carrie. Sorry, my mouth's not working. Salt is important in alchemy. It is. Salt is really good. I mean, I don't know why it works, but I've used salt before around windows after I sage to just not for out of fear sense. I always have to tell people that I don't do these things out of fear. I do these things to keep that energy away because if, if you're trying to do a certain thing with a certain energy and there's other energies around you that bounce off that, you just got to keep them away. So I use salt for that sometimes. Um, I agree with you, Laura Lee, 100 freaking percent because you have to, I mean, the best thing to do, if anybody's studying mediumship or Reiki or Reiki is a little different. Sometimes you go study one certain type of Reiki and it might stay with that. You can always explore outside that too. Mediumship, um, every medium I know does it differently. That's just Mm -hmm. how it is. Everybody does it differently. And, and, and that's it. You do it how you do it. You know, um, same with healing and everything. I mean, there's certain things we follow, just like if you were a doctor or something, there's certain procedures that we need to do. But for the most part, yeah, explore everything. Learn from everyone. Read. read. Reading is so freaking important in the spiritual world. And you will know when you read something. Also, don't take everything so literal and take everything with a grain of alchemy salt because you never know um you know some stuff is going to resonate with you and some stuff isn't and if it doesn't resonate you that doesn't mean that is incorrect it means that it's incorrect for your experience so move on i'm not meant to hear it at that moment maybe it'll come into play later on down the timeline I've had that too. I've had theories that I used to disagree with. Like I said, before my NDE, there's a lot of stuff I didn't believe until I had my NDE. I'm like, oh my God, was I wrong? You know, so, and, and I got that right from the, well, the horse's mouth, if you will. Uh, but you got to be okay with being wrong as well as when we try too hard and we try and force it. And, and you will meet people and they feel so frustrated. It's almost like everything, like you got to let it flow like water. And I'm going to give you a quick example. I'm working on animal communication. My kids can do it like nothing. Dave helped me with this little beast here that keeps trying to pop in here. And whenever, whenever we go live, um, he hadn't even met. I think you saw her on camera. We were talking one day and, and he knew exactly what was going on. Exactly. My, my eldest son has done it since he's a baby. But you know what the problem is? I'm getting in my own way because I'm like, why can't I do this? Like I can connect with spirit. Why can't I do this? Why can't I do this? So I'm being honest with you. Like it's my, I know it's me. It's me that's doing, that's the issue. So in the beginning I've met many people 
And then um, that, you know, how do I open my third eye? What's the name of my spirit guides? What What's the name of the angels around me? We've all asked those. I know I've asked those questions when I was reopening to my gifts. But the harder we try, rather than just, you know, working on things like our energy, understanding the principles of energy, meditation, uh, you know, breathing, relaxing, clearing our minds. Sorry, Dave, I can hear you. I don't know why I can hear your mind. I've got a million things to add. I'm hearing. saying all the same things in my head. That's absolutely yeah. true. I mean, you, you have to do stuff like that. Um, there's, you have to learn trust too. When you're, once you're in this for a while, you have to learn trust. You have to learn if you don't trust the voices in your head and these are good voices you know but if you don't trust these beings that are speaking to you you're never going to get the information right and, and I'm be gonna... okay with being wrong yeah we totally all have okay. some issues and it's something, something to really work on i'm still working on it guys we all have to work on it but you know what with being okay with being wrong I think really goes along with, with starting to learn to trust because then we start to get evidential proof even if it's small little things that prove hey yeah, I was right about that. And then building on that, that's where I think the confidence comes from. Would you agree, Dave? I would. I would. In fact, and I even heard a story one time. I'm repeating a story that I heard. Okay. So there, anyway, there was this uh, woman out of England and she was a medium and she was a medium for years and, and she was very good at it. And she was, you know, doing very well. And when she was getting a little older, she kind of slowed down a little bit. But she kept doing it. She was doing a platform reading. If anybody don't know what a platform reading is, that means it's like one medium, me, and a bunch of people in front of me, and then we just talk to everybody. Well, she was doing this platform reading, and she had walked, she went to the, you know, one of the people, and she started giving the information. And that person kept going, no, no, every time. And she's like, okay. And she goes, well, let me go to someplace else. And then that spirit kept telling her to go back to this person. So she went back and they, she kept saying all this stuff. And that person was in the back with their arms folded, just going, no, it doesn't make sense. No. Anyway, that night um, after that performance, she quit. She said, I think it's gone. It's finally gone now. It's not working. And she quit. And it was a couple years later, she ran into the person, into the audience that was at a store. And what that person walked up to her and said, by the way, I saw you when you're a medium. And he explained to her that he was the one that kept saying no. And he said, I'm sorry to do that. He said, I didn't want to be put on the spot. And I was afraid to say anything. And I was all confused. So I just kept saying no. And I'm like, well, one, that was crappy for that person to do that. But that woman had told him, she goes, did you know that I gave up my career? Because <sighs> you kept so saying sad. no. And, and she was right all along. So stuff like that happens. You have to just let stuff go. Um, even today I was doing, um, I had my therapy today and my therapist, I, occupational therapy. Um, and they're like, is he, he is crazy. Um, so, <laughs> I, I, that was an emergency, by the way. I was ready to give her a hack. She really did have to go. And when you got to go, you got to go. Sorry about that, guys. That's good. <laughs> Um, but, uh, what was I saying? So I, uh, my, occupational therapy. My, <laughs> occupational therapy. Therapy, my occupational therapy today, she asked, she, they wanted to help me to, cause it's hard to shuffle cards with my fingers are like this long story. Oh, I can't um, imagine. So I brought them in yeah. so they could help me She goes, when you bring them in, can I get a reading? And I'm like, yeah, I'll show you what I do, you know, whatever. And I normally don't do stuff like that because I don't use spirit as a parlor trick. 
but exactly. I had made it very clear on the way there. I'm like, I didn't even want to bring him. I was going to lie and forget and pretend, but I brought him and I just said to my guys, I'm like, okay, they want to know this. And if you could, please, you know, that's it. That's all I did. I just asked, please give me something. So I sat down and there's two girls there, a therapist and her protege or whatever. Well, the therapist, I start, I got the cards, I'm showing my shuffle, and then I kind of explained to her how they work, and then I gave her a reading, and she just sits there, and they're both looking at each other, and she said, that's scary. And I said, what's scary? She said, because you're right. I said, well, that's what I do. That's what I'm this. And then the other girl goes, well, can I talk to, she goes, well, instead of a reading, can you like talk to a dog? And I'm like, I can, but I said, I'm really not, I didn't prepare for mediumship readings or anything. So I went back and started talking to the girl with the cards and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, here they are. So I turned around and I looked at her and I said, and I didn't even know what it was. And that's why I got to say, you've got to trust. I said, okay, they keep showing me black and white dogs, black and white dogs. There's a black dog, a white dog, and there's a black and white dog. And she just starts crying. Those are the three dogs Aww. she was talking about. The black and white one was over there, and the black one and the white one are still alive. They just got them. They were new. So I've seen the, mediums pick up people that are alive, but reaching their higher self, yeah, actually. Yeah, when it you can pick up live people. That's a misconception. We should talk about that for a minute. I have haven't picked up a live person to give a message in a reading, but I've picked up people like, I've heard them say stuff in my head. And then when I went to go see them, I'm like, were you talking about this and that? They're like, how did you know? I'm like, oh, nothing. I just pretend I didn't hear it. It just kind of, when you're plugged in, sometimes when you're plugged in, you're plugged into the information that's out there. You just show up. Well, because up. it's universal consciousness, right? Like I'll tell you, um, I had a reading recently and I knew that it was going to be more emotional healing than anything. Now, there were things that came through that let this person know it was their loved one. You know about this day. We talked about it. And it was a, I, it, it was a beautiful experience. But uh, there was something about it kind of shook my confidence a little bit. And I will tell you guys, it really did. Like, it really resonated, that story that you shared about that woman. It's I'm sad that she quit because I really had a chat with Spirit. And I said, like, maybe am I not supposed to be doing this? We all question ourselves. And I feel that honesty is the best policy and I said please give me a sign if I'm maybe meant to be going in a different direction and I got my confirmation that yeah keep doing what you're doing keep working at it keep connecting with different people keep learning because none of us are 100% correct and I, I consider myself a lifelong learner like I'll be learning more and more about this I think till the day I die I will I just and I Medium think that's okay yeah, mediums have been doing this for 20, 30 years are still learning. They'll tell you that. We always are learning something new. Unlike religion here, um, regular, just straightforward religion, spirituality, spirit, spirituality is ever-changing. And you have to go with the flow of it. If you don't go with the flow, then you're just it's, it's just not going to work. I mean, things change all the time. I mean, even the world is changing, you know. If we switch, mm -hmm. I was thought, if we did switch all the way over to the fourth dimension and all that, or even to the fifth dimension, is there any more need for mediums? You know? It's like, That's a good question. I'd love to know what the audience thinks about that. Now, to me, 
once we get especially to fifth dimension you know as i understand it we may just even be losing the physical body right like we're just connecting energetically so is there a need for mediumship because we never really die like and all reality whether we're in 3d right now where we evolve where we go on forever like you said we're just a soul not just a soul we are a soul just having a human experience right now so I don't know. I'd love to hear other people's thoughts on that. But too, that'd be really interesting. You got to think about it too. Like, like even um, other beings from other worlds, it's like, I'm sure some might, they might be primitive in a way, but for the most part, I'm sure they don't have mediums because they don't need them. They're, yeah, they're, they're already- so much more evolved. Cause I keep getting, we're, we're such a young race, human beings. Well, they're connected. Like, connected others the other side we're a young race and earth is a school right we're here to learn grow and evolve and you think about it if you put a bunch of toddlers and i'm not being disrespectful about humankind here but as a young race compared to those that are much more evolved you put a bunch of toddlers on a planet with everything that we've got here like and you I'm sorry, but you would see a lot of violence with kids trying to straighten things out if there was no parents there or what. I kind of feel that's kind of like what we are at, maybe preschoolers, if you will. And I'm not being disrespectful, but we're not using the gifts that we are capable of, nor are we taught how to use them either, right? Like telepathy, telekinesis, all of this stuff. I think we could do all of this stuff. It's just we're not quite at that point yet to evolve and accept yes i believe that's why they're showing up now because they're trying to push us a little faster we're kind of Mm -hmm. i think we kind of fell behind is like i guess the consensus what a lot of people feel i don't know if everybody feels that way but we've just been left behind uh you just slow (laughs) i know our, our violence is very puzzling when you you know you look into it or connect with spirit on the other side or or maybe I'm connecting with ET when I'm sleeping I could very well be I don't know Michelle Christine said well well said I'm glad you're here Michelle and everybody else too Michelle's my cousin so she's like my niece I'm a, I got I'm a little biased guys love you all but <laughs> um no like we have all these these gifts right and I oh, sorry that's where I was going and I don't know if maybe I'm connecting in meditation or when I'm sleeping but I know that how violent human beings can be is very troubling and puzzling to other beings if you will out there not all of them but some of them and mm-hmm. as well the depth of our emotions because our emotions are so powerful and raw too I've, I've heard and seen that as well have you Dave? Yeah, I see, I do. And I think people, we're not aware that we can control our reactions and our choices, even our choices to how we react to something. But we don't think about that right away. And I don't either. I'm, I'm like everybody else. I mean, I've had people say stuff to me and I got mad right away. And then later of on, course. I said, what the hell did you get mad for? Yeah, we just got to learn that sometimes reactions aren't warranted. Some of the ones we give, like if somebody walks by me and goes, you're ugly, I hate your hair. You know, instead of me getting angry and-, and, and Who would say that to you? You have beautiful hair. <laughs> Do we hate you because your hair? Oh, okay, I get it. And okay. No, um, don't but- cut your hair out. I love your hair long. <laughs> but they, yeah, there's other ways, you know, just saying like, you know, that's cool. You have a great mm-hmm. day. 
you know, who cares? But we all let it affect us at some point. And that's, but I think that's also our fault because of the fact that everybody in the world is telling us how we're supposed to look, what's the perfect weight, what's the perfect hair, what's the perfect times, how many times to eat, what to eat and everything else. They're always telling us, I say go figure it out yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, what you need to eat that your body wants to eat. If you feel good in your 80 pounds overweight, but you feel good, then feel good. Who cares? You know, oh, but, but people. Have you ever seen people. that clip of that girl? She's a, a really bigger girl. I think she was ill when she was a toddler or something. She's lost both parents, but she is a really overweight young lady and, and quite short. She is the most incredible hip hop type of dance, every kind of dancer. She's been on all kinds of shows and stuff. And I keep thinking, you go girl. Like she can move better than somebody that's like 80 pounds soaking wet. Like she is so incredible with what she does. And I thought, I I think it's her, her teacher that puts her out there. It's a guy with her consent, but I love when they put people out there that are representative of everybody not like, you know, six foot one and 110 pounds. And I wear a size zero, negative zero, zero, zero clothing. Because, you know, all of it, I know for myself too, boy, I'm really revealing a lot tonight here, but I I went through an anorexic phase um, from about 16 to 19. And even now, um, and it wasn't anything psychological or anything. It was like, I've always been a bigger girl. I'm not I've never been overweight, but you see all these models. I played sports and whatever else, you know, and we don't realize in youth that, you know, those fit, even back then pictures were airbrushed and they weren't quite Photoshop, but airbrushed and what, and it's not representative of who regular everyday people are. There's exceptions, right? But my point where I'm going with this too is the one thing I love about TV over, say from the BBC over in the UK they use regular everyday people. Have you noticed that like on Coronation Street or reality shows? Like it's it's just regular everyday people. You don't get all these models and whatever. Have you seen that? Yeah, it is. I know even in America, our reality shows aren't even close to reality. I mean, it's no. like, oh, come on. It's it's hilarious. I don't understand. I, I was talking to this woman the other day <clears throat> that I know. It's just acquaintance and... Just tell me about she had, had a, okay she, she's absolutely beautiful she really is she's absolutely beautiful I I, I look I think she's you know she's a friend of mine but I think she's absolutely beautiful and we were gonna we're at this place and getting something to eat and she said she can't eat this because and I said why is it like bad for you well no she said her boyfriend said she didn't that she needed to lose a little weight I'm like oh my god and she said well what's your advice and I said leave your boyfriend. Oh my God. Yeah. I, if it came between a person and a piece of apple pie, see you later. I'm having the pie. I don't give a crap. That was one of the reasons too, why I had an eating disorder back then. Cause I did have a boyfriend and he was absolutely gorgeous. And I'd met him when I was quite thin. Like I said, I, I, I started developing this eating disorder and I started to put a bit of weight back on. And he kept saying, you know, don't, don't you want to look like what you used to look like when you met me and stuff? And it was like, seriously. And I was in a relationship with this guy off and on for seven years. I was engaged to him. 
and he was still going on about my weight off and on. And I finally said, thought, you know what, one night there's probably spirit giving me flashes of the future, potential future that what are you going to do when, if we have kids and I put on weight to have kids or, you know, carry your child or, and I just went, no, I don't want to live like this anymore. And said exactly what your advice was. And that's what Carrie said. Good advice, Dave. It was like, no, but I will tell you, I'm still friends with him. And I ran into him about 15 years ago. I, I met up with him and my family at the time. And he apologized to me for what he had said to me when I was younger. And I know he truly meant it. I don't know what happened in his life or what, but he said, I, I never should have said the things that I said to you. And it wasn't like um, I expect he wasn't, I wasn't blaming him for anything. I wasn't asking for an apology. I think that that's why it meant a lot. Cause it, I think it came from the heart. It, yeah. There was no other reason to say it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what too? If, if, okay. If we separated, if we could just say this, the good guys and the bad guys, the bad guys, I think are the ones infiltrating people to do whatever. It seems that people, like with filters and all this stuff, people are not <coughs> satisfied with their looks. And <clears throat> we're not going to be able to spiritually evolve until we lose that thing about our bodies. I mean, this is literally just a body. This is so temporary. I mean, if, if, if you're working on your body and you want to do stuff that's your thing, no, that's great. But not everybody people shouldn't be held to those standards if they don't want to be. Now, uh, for me, before I was sick, I was 200, 240 pounds and I drank and smoked and I was huge. And now I'm 170. And do I feel better? I feel better, but I'm by no means a supermodel at all, nor do I even care. You know, I think a lot of people are so hung up they get rid of their spiritual size inside and they get so connected on what they're seeing in the mirror and not realizing no matter what it looks like in the mirror, whether you think you're ugly or somebody thinks you're ugly, whatever it is you're looking at in the mirror, human being, the form human being is a freaking miracle. Everything that goes on. I tell people, look in the mirror sometimes and look in your eyes and tell your person, tell yourself you're freaking cool. You can freaking heal yourself. You can eat. You can run. You can breathe. You can pet animals. You can feel emotions. You can do all these things. So I think we should toss out that whole beauty thing. People would well, just. You know what I wanted to add? This is, sorry, Dave. I, I wanted to throw this in there. Um, I've often said my parents never, ever ran around calling me their little princess or told me what I looked like, focused on what I looked like. They always told, I, I, I couldn't believe I ran into some friends that I grew up with and I was going through my divorce. I said, oh, well, the next one you can get with money. And I said, what? And they said, yeah, well, the next one you, you're with, make sure he has money. And I said, what are you talking about? And they said, well, didn't your mother ever tell you that? My parents never told me that. It was like, you have a brain. You're capable of doing what you're doing and, and you're capable of making money for yourself. You're capable of being whatever you want to be. But my whole point in mentioning that is, is that I think it, that if we don't focus on the inside and who we are on the inside, I think that's where we get a lot of midlife crisis that happens as well as when you're 75 years old and all you focused on is what you look like and how beautiful you are and how incredible you are, there's, what are you going to do? when when that's gone because we all age right and right. so that's why i think it's so important act me that's where this conversation is supposed to go tonight dave and i didn't touch base till we went live tonight maybe that's where it's supposed to go because i think it's so important to focus on the inside 
Because it is. beauty and youth or whatever people's version of beauty and youth is, it doesn't matter. It's who we are on the inside, I think. No, and I can tell you this too. You know, just from doing like on TikTok, the filters I use, I'll use like the black and white filter or some some fun stuff like that. But I've seen people, I have friends that that I know. When I look at their Facebook pictures, I just want to tell them in real life, who do you think is going to believe this is you? They're they've done so people. They've done my profile picture right now. Snapchat. Some of these people have done so much filter surgery yeah. on themselves. I mean, like, and then when you see them in your real life and you're like, that's not you. What happened? Why are you so ashamed of, you know, what's really funny too is half the time they show up in real, in real life. They're like so much, their energy is so much better because that filter is just the fakeness. I mean, I understand everybody wants to look a little good and we want to look good for certain things. That's, that's, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But I know like me, the reason I don't kind of do a lot of stuff like that is because I go out and I see people live all the time and I can't put a filter on my face all the time. So I figured well, we have no filters on right now. We can't use them. So you got to own who you are. Right? This, is, this is what you get, you know, and that's all it's going to yeah. be. Let's read We're Carrie's comment here. And Shannon, she says, uh, hung up on other people's approval to feel loved instead of connected to inner higher self and source love. Yes. And I think that that takes time. And I wish there, like I said, I, I hope I live to see the day where many of the things we're talking about today, you know, they're taught to us so we can teach our future generation. So it becomes a norm rather than, you know, trying to seek it out like it's an alternative type of, of being. Like it's, I think this, and again, without trying to sound egotistical, but I think that once we start gravitating towards some of these concepts, including things like meditation and, and utilizing the gifts that we have that are tucked away and learning how to work with them, right. And coming from a place of love, life happens. Yes. Sometimes we get mad. We have emotions for a reason, but my point is if we, if we learned about these things from childhood, I think everybody could do all this stuff. Right. I think we'd be living in a much better place because I've always said, why do we, everybody think they need a leader? You can have a group, right? Somebody always takes the leadership role and everybody follows. Have you noticed that? Yeah, they, yeah I know they do it all the time. I wish people too. I, I see this too. If, if, if there's nothing wrong with getting all dialed up, there's really not. No. There's nothing wrong with putting on the makeup and all that. But you know what? I always say this. If you're going to go to the grocery store, just go north, just go you because you are just as beautiful as the person that is all dialed up later on. That's a fun costume we're doing. That's I used to be one of those people, Dave, because my mother had always taught me, like my father would come home from work, she'd have her makeup on, her nails would be done, the whole bit. And you do not go out without makeup on. And then when I met Dell, he said to me, Lord, I think I like you better just with sweatpants and no makeup. Like, who cares? Like, he actually said to me, It's you, not it's yourself. Like, I don't care, but yeah, it looks great when you're dressed up and whatever, but it's, it's you. So I started to realize that, yeah, lots of times I go out with no makeup now. Heck, the first time you went live on TikTok, I was joking, but I meant it. I didn't have any makeup on. It doesn't matter. It's just more paint. That's all it is. You're just adding some paint to the, to the canvas. <laughs> in the, in the early nineties and late eighties, I would freaking grab my flat iron and flat up my mohawk and get my hair up to get the mail. 
I wouldn't even walk outside to get the mail without, and I would have we my. We all do that at that age, I think. Yeah. Oh my goodness! There's one now. It's like I don't give a crap. I will. I will do the Walmart any place. I will put on my Walmart attire, and I will go anywhere. I don't even care. I don't even. I used to laugh at the people at Walmart in the book. Now I'm like, oh, you know what? I totally get it. They just want to go to Walmart and go home. You know. Mm -hmm. So I want to read a few more comments. Shannon says, "My thought when it comes to body images, our minds are often our worst enemy." True. And so keep people in your life you um, who compliment you instead of complicating your life. And I agree. Those are words of wisdom. Absolutely. And then do you want to read Jane's comment? Because Carrie, I'll just add Carrie. She said, yes, keep the inner child alive in kids. And then Jane has a comment. You want to read that, Dave? Yeah. Jane says, hi, Jane. Hollywood and their false images have ruined many lives. Yes, it has. Mm -hmm. Whoever invented all these false glamour, what a crock. I look at all the old movies, the fashions look so stupid, not to mention all of the dead animals robbed of their furs and lives. Whoever invented high heels, not a woman, the fashions at award shows look like zoo parade. The old movies usually had the poor woman rescued by a rich, handsome man. Such false values be yourself. Absolutely. I understand the Hollywood Men huh? didn't men invent a brassiere? I think back in the day, men yeah, invented. I don't think. Yeah. I think men. I think men pretty much invented all the female products out there, which was a. And that's why they don't work because a freaking man did it. Idiots. It's like have well, a woman. Like a woman trying to invent stuff for men, right? Like they. Yeah. Like I think you gotta walk the walk and talk the talk and understand what the experiences especially if it's something you're going to be wearing most of your waking day regardless of men or women right whomever yeah. doesn't matter but this isn't even a thing about sex it's just sex it's just about if you're part of the population and you know you're going to be utilizing it you have a better understanding of how it's going to feel and what have you versus somebody that's never going to use it and never has used it <laughs> right, right. I, I understand. I, I get the Hollywood thing, but I, I hate when it's pushed constantly. There's even religious, there's a religious group on TikTok. A guy was talking about how, I was a preacher talking about, um, and I'm not here to bash religion. That's just because this guy said it and it's, it was a religious thing he was saying in church, literally telling people how their husbands should have, their wives should look a certain way. And that's why they shouldn't work so they can stay home and make sure that they look perfect for when they come home. I'm like, what freaking year is this dude? I'm like, are you kidding me? I, I don't understand people. I hate to do that. All I got to say is this out there. You guys, no matter who you are, you look great. Don't worry about anything. You know, if you're happy, that's what matters. If it makes you happy to put on lipstick and eyeshadow, do it and wear the hell out of it. But if it doesn't, you don't feel that you have to. It's just silly. Same with guys, too. I mean, in 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 the LGBT, all this, too, gay people, it's body shaming is so high in the gay community. It's always, it's, it's always has been, always has been. You better look a certain way or you're just an ugly person, you know? And, and I'm sure that goes on in, in all kinds of bars and places too. It's kind of sad, but if we can get out of that spiritually to get back to that. Um, yes, I was just thinking that. <laughs> it's like, yes. Like I wanted to wrap it up and not be on a soapbox, but but it has to do with spirituality too. 
I mean, if you could just be yourself, you should be worrying worrying about how cool you are and what you're here to do, not what you're supposed to look like for somebody else. And then you can connect. Then you can get all these cool things. And, you know, um, once you go within and you learn how to meditate and you start reading all your books, little things will start coming at you. Inner healing. Inner healing is very important, too. Very, very important. If get you healing on forget it. Get all the for, I always tell people, get all the forgiveness out of your way. All the crap that happened before you find a way to forgive this, forgive that, forgive yourself or forgive something or let it go. And then you can move on. And somebody had mentioned in the comments before about the inner child. I'm not a big inner child person when I talk about it, but in my words, I will tell you, your soul is the same age it was when you were born and it'll be the same age it was when you die. And I think that you should always remember you never really did grow up. The, earth is just taking a toll on your body you should be a child forever and you should always remember that child and if you missed your childhood go call that part of your child back and tell them it's okay to come back and start playing again i think when you're, i think you should, that that's I, where, you, where when you at least i know when i'm talking to people about the inner child i think we talked a little bit about this last week that you know and the same thing with shadow work right like there's things that we pick like i really believe we pick up a lot of stuff um, unconsciously, if you will, or subconsciously from the age of zero to seven, because the brain is like a sponge, right? Your first role models, the people that you, you, you learn the majority of your things besides going to school are your parents and your family around you. Right. Yeah, And we pick up so many things. Like how many parents, if you're a parent out there, right. Um, you think that your child's not listening but then you find out they repeat something that you had a conversation that you had no idea they were listening. And lots of kids do that or they're playing and they look like they're occupied, but they're, they're subconscious. Theirs are still working too. And they pick up everything. So we tend to, I think really um, pack away belief systems that we may not, we may not realize. And I think that that's what I consider inner child work. Or if you've had a really, most of the people I find within the spirituality world, not every, many people growing up, let's put it this way, not just spirituality, but have not had an easy life, right? No. Some people no. may consider it an easy life, but what's hurtful to one person may not be hurtful to another. But those are the things I'm talking about, dealing with the issues, you know, working on those, however you want. Like you said, calling back that part of your soul, maybe you're missing, but healing it, forgiving, letting it go, learning to love yourself. Like that's a hard yep. one. That's the, that's the hardest thing. When humans can do that, this whole world would change. If you could literally look in the mirror and go, you know what? I love you. You're a good person. And I would, I would, if I didn't know you, I'd totally be your friend. You know what I mean? You know, Yeah. If you, I always yeah. say, you know, what? I'd love to be alone and I hated it all my life. I would never want it to be alone. And now I do, but that's because people ask me like, Dave, don't you get lonely? I'm like, no, I, I freaking, I, I, I'm a hoot. <laughs> I, make, I make myself laugh all day long, you know? Yeah. You I was like just having these thoughts last night thinking about, yeah, I actually don't mind being alone. Like when, and I wasn't mocking anybody or, or anything of that sort, but when we went through the last three years that we did, we'll be careful with that word being on YouTube, but um, it was no different for me. Like somebody had asked me something about the city and I said, you know what? I, I don't even get out. I don't go out. It's not that I'm a hermit or anything. It just, I'm more busy now than I was when I had 
three jobs as a nurse and my eldest was a baby. So for me, it still stayed the same because it happened not by choice, but when I was in my early thirties with my back injury. So either I was going to become a couch potato and watch TV all day that got old. So I had to do something and evolve and change to, to feel like life was full, right. And exciting and make different friendships and what have you. So oh, yeah. I think like what you make it, you know, and, and your perception. And I think that really has a big thing with spirituality. Sorry, Dave, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm a strong believer in that you can change anything you want to change. I, that really is true. That is not bull that they're saying in all the YouTube videos or anything else. You literally create your world. So it just takes a mindset to change things. And we do evolve like that. And sometimes it comes very slowly, like, you know, like yours, like you said, on the couch, you know, and all this mm -hmm. other stuff. Um, well, I was bed bound for almost 20 years. Like there were days I could get up. But there was day like when my kids were little, my back, I, if I got up and really pushed myself, I'd be in bed for three days. I got to be thankful to the doctor that I saw a few years back because I have some quality of life. Now, the problem's still not gone, but it's just managed more effectively that I can do more things. Right. But my point is like either I had a choice, I had two choices, either to lay on the couch and, and cry woe is me for the rest of my life. And I'm talking about me. I'm not projecting on anybody else. Or how could I make life more exciting? Like people would say to me, well, why don't you call me? What am I going to do? Call you while you're at work and you're busy and say, yeah, I just watched uh, Regis and Kelly or whatever for the lot, you know, the last week or because that's what it was. So I realized it got old fast. So either I had a choice to just keep stagnating or what did I want to do? I really was forced to take a look at life and say, what am I going to do with this? This isn't the plan we had. What am I going to do with this? So yeah, then you got to go with the flow. You know what? I'm going to switch it up just for a minute. Lee Passmore, who you just put up there. Yeah. yeah. Leah, I am so glad you're here. If you're still here, because before we did this podcast, I was starting to make my podcast. I do another podcast called um, Mystic Stew, where I just do short little questioning stuff. And they're about 10, 15 minutes long, a bunch of them. And Lee sent me a question. Um, she emailed me a question and I was answering it on that podcast today. Well, something happened to the podcast after I recorded, I did something and I ended up deleting it. It was, it wasn't. You're meant to do it here. Speaking of that, yeah. I want to go grab a deck of cards while you're addressing Leah here. Okay. So I'm going to answer your question, Lee, because it's a good question for everyone to know. It's not a personal, well, the personal question, I'll answer that one too. I'm pulling it up right now. Um, where did you go? Where'd you go? There we go. Um, I hope you don't mind. It took forever to sign into YouTube. That's so funny. I hope you don't mind if I um, read this out loud. I don't think you will. But um, it was you said it was a broad question, and it was a good question. So you know how we all have a lot of the same traits as our family members? And even sometimes people who are adopted even have those same characteristics or mannerisms. Is that just part of the human experience of being here? Being like our families in most cases. I understand that this doesn't pertain to all circumstances of well, some people are born into families that are so different. I was just curious as to what your thought is on this. Um, that is a really good question. And this is my answer from what I know in my opinion. 
now I do know this. Uh, when we come here, we agree to forget, okay? But when you come in as a baby, babies are actually remembering a lot of stuff. Um, maybe we're crying because we're like, oh, shit, we're here. But who knows? But um, when we come here, that who we are and like as a baby, we'll see the other side, still be connected. That slowly goes away. Then we get that complete amnesia, except for maybe if you came in here, you're remembering something you're supposed to do, like, you know, the two and three year olds who can play violin. Of course, they came in with knowledge that they already had from that side. But most of us just have nothing. And then we let others define who we are. So that's where that happens. A lot of times we get, and then if we're with people with life after life and they're playing a similar character, we might be remembering that from a last life. Like you can say, uh, my baby acts just like my grandmother and your baby never even met your grandmother before. That could be because those two are maybe soulmates or twins, twin souls, or, or maybe they just know each other really well. They're just very close and that's what that is. Um, we are defined by what other people say. Like Laura Lee had mentioned it earlier today when you know parents would run around and go, oh, she's gonna be a little princess or she's gonna be a doctor. He's gonna throw footballs. Oh, he's gonna be a heartbreaker. She's gonna be a model. She's gonna, you know, we're defined by that. And then God forbid you have the parents that go, no, it's a stupid kid. You're a stupid kid. You're a dumb kid. We listen to this stuff as kids and that's yeah. how lives go some of the worst people we know nowadays who knows we, we that's why i was saying be careful when you judge people there might be somebody who's really nasty but maybe they were one of those kids where their parents were always saying you're a piece of crap you're stupid you you're ruined this. my life because you were born i love that one i've heard that a lot lately yeah. um and so and i always say to them you are not to blame for this your parents are the ones that decided to have whatever kind of relations they did you resulted that's on them not you but unravel yeah. that right that's part of the inner child type thing right yep and then hopefully though what happens is we break out of that as we get older some people do like i did uh laura lee did a lot of people did we broke out of that how everybody defined us we are not those things anymore um, that was who we were before. When you start to remember who you are, you start to remember, wait, I have my own mind. Maybe I'm not going to be the doctor. I don't want to be a doctor. I want to be a, you know, a comics bookstore owner. You know, and if that's your passion, that's what you're going to do. But we ended up doing that. So yeah, a lot of times that's why that happens. We are basically being programmed by the people around us. Once we forget totally that where we came from, we're like, we're like silly putty. We're, we're basically being pushed into something for a while, but that's how it goes. The trick is to break out of that some point in life. And then you're fine. The second part of the question was, um, you had your dog, Stella, had to be put down, and this is her first time as an adult. One, I am so sorry, too. Your doggy is just fine. You did the right thing. I know it was only six years. Some dogs only came in for that amount of time. Maybe that's all the dog needed to be here. And I know as much as we want to go, well, I wish they wouldn't have left early. I know that. And I wish they wouldn't either because it's sad. But we got to remember this. For everybody who leaves here, it's sad for us. It's not sad for them. 
they're back where they belong and they're really not far from you anyway. So you did a good job and I'm sorry that happened, but your puppy is just absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. She's a very kissy puppy. She's a very licky puppy. That's all she wants to do is give kissy, 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 kissy. So that's what it feels like. So they're just fine. And she Leah also added, everyone has a villain origin story. Oh, and she said, thank you. Because that was a good question, Dave. I'm glad you brought that up because we didn't know what we, well, we had an idea, but we haven't even touched on the idea because maybe we, obviously we were meant to talk about these things. That's why we don't list a, she said, yes. So she's, she's very, she's, she's saying, yes, the puppy obviously was a very licky puppy because that's, I'm taking that as a yes. So, um, you know, I, maybe this is what this is because I don't know about you, Dave, but I'm seeing there's a lot more people awakening spiritually and it's they, a good thing. We're shifting. Yeah. That's, and I tell everybody, we can't shift when we get more people who are becoming more kind of open to everything and letting go of the 3d stuff. Then you'll see more that we won't have mysterious photos of UFOs anymore. They'll just be here, <laughs> you know, but you know, they're not going to come here until we do something, you know, but yeah, all these things are fine. Um, as far as what you asked, did you have anything to add to that, Laura Lee? Well, I heard some of it. I wanted, I meant to, you know why guys, I, first of all, the dog, I don't know what the last two weeks, Dave, but my dog gets crazy. I don't know about your kitties, but my dog gets crazy of spirits around always, but, but yeah, uh, last two weeks, She's had bathroom yeah. things, even though she's been put out like we planned for this. But I moved downstairs and my cards are upstairs. But anyways, with um, with Leah, um, I heard part of this asking why um, even people that are adopted, you know, that we seem to, I guess, did she, I didn't word it properly, but basically we went to traits and characteristics from previous generations. Is that what I heard properly? Yeah, she's asking like even people who are adopted sometimes. Yeah. They came from somebody else, but they pick up the mannerisms of the new family or else they might keep the mannerisms from the old family, even though they don't know them. Yeah, you know what? That's the age-old question, too, without even pulling in any spirituality, though, of nature versus nurture, right? And what's really been fascinating to me, taking a look at that, taking, you know, some archaeology courses and stuff when I was in university, where you'd have a monkey a, a little group of monkeys on an island and I'm not calling yeah. us monkeys. This is an analogy. And they figured out how to use a new tool, something from nature that had never been observed before. And then there's, you know, there's no way for these monkeys to leave the island. But as these people were traveling around studying different groups of monkeys, all of a sudden now these other monkeys are all starting to use this tool that had never been used before. And I believe they had a control group, like they'd been observing these, these particular monkeys for quite a while around the world. How does that happen? Right? It's because yeah. part of it is, I think that it's universal consciousness. Then you can get into sciences at mitochondrial DNA, like with the adoptive child hanging on to some, some of the characteristics and traits of you know their birth family, for example. Is it their upbringing? And I heard that part with you. But the other part is, and I think I heard some of this from you, Dave, is we are all here, not by accident, right? We make yeah. 
agreements and contracts, if you will. I like agreements better than contracts, the word. But we make agreements with certain people that sometimes we're meant to play the role of helping somebody else achieve what they're here to do and vice versa, right? So you're going to be who you're going to be. I heard you talk about the soul group. Yes, we do have soul groups and I do but where I'm going with this is nature versus nurture so especially I'm thinking of adopted children right I, I almost think that being in that energy and being raised in that family even though it may not be your birth family there are things I think that we're going to pick up whether it even is energetically whether we're hearing it whatever it is right so that's why I told the story about the monkey like it's kind of like how did that happen right we're all tapped into the universal consciousness Twins that were separated at birth, a lot of mm -hmm. times they'll run into each other later in life and they both were the same things. They both were the, yep. married the same kind of person. They both all that. And mm -hmm. it's just the same. Yeah. And it is, I have to chalk it up to universal consciousness too, and mm -hmm. which is a real thing. I mean, that is a thing. We're all connected. Just people don't realize it. I also believe that there's possibly maybe so, uh, cell memory from the soul or soul memory. That's so, where I was going with science with the mitochondrial DNA almost. They're really oh, starting to look into this that it's almost like energy can be carried if you will through the mitochondria which are energy type cells right to oversimplify but especially from our mothers and then on top of that too regardless of what family you grow up with your mother that carries you i forget where i was watching this there's a little bit of um research somewhere around the world where they're looking at you know obviously we're connected to our mothers to grow within the womb. So what else are we passing, right? Like with blood, with thoughts, with if thoughts or energy, right? Energy can't be created nor destroyed, whatever mom's thinking or, you know, there's so many things that are so interwoven with this whole question. So it, where I'm going with it is it makes it kind of easier to understand why you asked the question, what you did and the answer that we gave, if you will. Yeah, and you know, if, if you kind of look at it this way too, even our human bodies, um, once we once we pass away, even when they bury us or anything else, there's like billions and billions and billions for a cell of cells, and they don't go away either. No body that was ever used is completely gone. It's still there's a cell from it. I wonder if we carry those those cells of the body with us from incarnation to incarnation because i mean it's been well documented that people will have birthmarks of places yep. where they were possibly killed in another life Absolutely. like in the chest and they come into one life and they have that with them yet so there's some kind of cell or soul memory that goes with it i am not an expert in that and i do not know how that works and i've asked trust me everybody i have asked i've done a lot of research, research on it yeah. And when they, when they give me the answer, they always say, doesn't matter. You know, it's like, and you know that when they tell me it doesn't matter, that means it's going to be something I'm not going to understand, but they'll tell me. Well, you know what it. I think too, like I have seen with the 40 years of the study of NDEs and a lot with children, especially with birthmarks, I'm having a really interesting guest on the Angel Rock next Monday. I always forget her middle, she goes by two names. Her name is Barbara. She's the director of the International Near-Death um, Experience Society that's global around the world. She's coming on next Monday, so we can ask her a lot of these questions too, right? See what she's seen, what she's found, what's the latest research out there, what have you. But I have seen 
there was one story in particular, this man was always drawn to go to Gettysburg. Like he needed to go there. He didn't know why. He drove his wife crazy about it as the story goes. So they went and I believe he might have witnessed a bit of what he felt to be almost residual paranormal activity of a battle playing out, okay? Now, this man was not connected spiritually in the way of intuitive gifts that he was aware of or anything like that. But he, as the story goes, he kept saying he felt this, he had to go to the gift shop there. He went to the gift shop and he saw this book. I think it was called A History of Gettysburg or something. So he picked it up and I believe they went back home. And as he started thumbing through the pages, you guys can look this up too. Um, he found, it looked like a self-portrait in there back from the late 1700s, 1800s. They were identical looking, their faces. And I've seen actually quite a few stories like this. People going back through history, whatever way to maybe verify a past life. And they look identical. So then I asked Spirit this, and this is where I don't get the answer either, Davis. Well, what happens when you come back as a different sex and a different culture and a different nationality? How do you look the same, right? I suppose there's got to be something that's still in you. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like this, and this guy's got the pictures. You can look this up. Guy that found his twin on Getty in Gettysburg or whatever the story is, and it's there. And I've seen like, you know, this. The, the I'm thinking of the child in India who died in the name of his wife. He left behind, and all the kids in a city he'd never been to, and he had the strange birthmark on the back of his head. And the murder had never been solved of this man that had been killed right as his child's claiming he was this man i was killed with i think it was an axe he said oh, and yeah. he showed go ahead no she's leah's talking about that yeah there's that's actually a real story yeah the kid the, the kid who uh, yeah he solved his murder as a child coming back from the previous life that where he had been murdered the birthmark was exact shape of the weapon that had killed him as an adult in the previous life. He showed the police where it was. He went right to the house he used to live in. He'd never been to the city. He finally drove his parents crazy. They took him there. He named his wife. He named all his kids. He, like, this was just astounding. But this isn't the only story like this. There's thousands of stories like this. The Anne, the Anne Frank, the Anne Frank story, that little girl. Do you hear about that? They, the <laughs> girl... She, when they took her, she, she was fascinated. I guess, I don't know. She was fascinated with Anne Frank or something, but she kept telling her mother that that was her name. That's used to be her name was Anne. So they took her, I guess, to where Anne Frank's house is. They didn't tell her that when they're going there. And when they got there with her, she recognized the street and led them to the house. And she had never even been in that country before. Yeah. And it's like, that stuff is just too wild. I love it. it it's like, mm -hmm. I wish people understood. Um, it's It's got to be, I, I always wondered, and, and I don't get a good answer for it. Why do some of them, why do they get to remember that so easily? I mean, there's, and I wonder, do they coming in here because they're just trying to like, give us little spoonfuls of little truth here and there? Like, that's all I you think can do. most children remember who they are, if you will, till right before they start to talk quite clearly. Um, because I've done a bit of research. I don't have all the answers either. I'm not claiming I do. But this has always been so fascinating to me 
And that's where I think young children can really see spirit. I think they know who they are. Um, there's a personal story of somebody I know that the grandchildren that were born as babies were uh, twins, not identical. And one of them was named after the great grandma. And I forget what the other one was, but they, the one that was named after the great grandma apparently had ended up having this bright red fiery hair, I believe, just like the great grandma, the whole bit. And she had a lot of characteristics, like what we were talking about. This baby was like nine, 10 months old. And because the children weren't verbal yet or babies, they were taught sign language and what have you. Grandma's very spiritual, very intuitive. And I guess she was watching them one day and the babies understood what she was talking about, but they would communicate with sign language. She kept asking her questions about, are you great grandma so-and-so and whatever. Now, again, can we prove that scientifically? No. Okay. We can't like, Maybe the baby was saying yes and had no idea. At that age, babies usually do understand some of the vocabulary that you're using. But what I'm saying is that's not a unique story from what I've seen. So yeah, I don't know. I believe we come in with memory and then at a certain age, or like you said, Dave, maybe certain kids have more memory than others because most of these kids I've noticed as they get older to about the age of eight or nine, they start to forget a lot of the stuff, even really incredible stories like this as they follow them through to adulthood. Yeah, I guess we do. I guess we do, because when I was little and I saw my first UFO when I was so young, it didn't, it didn't. It didn't Why to answer this question? Yeah, it didn't really phase. It would just be, it would just be perfect. So, I mean, we just kind of come in. I agree. We could probably know more. Um, go ahead, Laura Lee with Jane's. Okay. Class. So Jane, when the Akashic records show your complete soul journey through time. So for those that haven't heard of the Akashic records, it's the records of whatever there ever was, ever is, and ever will be. Now, again, I am not the authority on how everybody does Akashic records. They do it differently, but with having many conversations with people that do Akashic Records readings like myself and, and talking about it. what First of all, spirit is only going to meet you where you were meant to be. And what I mean by that is if you're not meant to hear something at that point, Dave kind of touched on that earlier, right? Like you said, they, you don't get a clear answer or they tell you it doesn't matter. So it either it was too complex or it really doesn't matter. That's kind of how the Akashic Records work. So it's not like you go climbing into the Akashic records and I'm going to look up my life back in 1808 or I mean, you know, year 1000 uh, BC or whatever. Could you? Yes. You could possibly do that with remote viewing and what have you. But with the Akashic records, how I do it with going within the heart space, okay, is um, we open the records, we close the records at the end. But my point is we ask questions, and we follow it up with more questions and more questions and more questions. And I usually connect with the collective rather than just somebody individually. But what I'm trying to say is I've never opened somebody's records and gone in there like a book and read it page to page to page or flip, 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 flip through, you know, a thousand lives back. And they're going to give us a complete record like a storybook. And again, yeah, We've done so you'd be surprised on what you do besides besides just reincarnating into lives. You're doing a million other things too. You're still having a life of some sort, although different than here. So 
to go back through Akashic Records from here, I, I agree with Laura Lee, and I've been in that space too. There are certain stuff. I knew you had. That's why I was waiting. I was hoping you were going to be able to share your experience. Sorry, Dave, go ahead. There's certain stuff you can see, but there's just certain stuff yes. you can't see. And that's it. And it's because of that very reason. There are things that I've asked over and over. I, I remember, I, I don't know the exact phrasing, but I'd asked something a while back of my, one of my guides. And he usually tells me a lot of stuff. And that was the first time. And he said to me, he said, does it matter? And I was like, yeah, it matters. So they proceeded to tell me. And I was like, oh, my God. This, it was just, I couldn't wrap my head around it. It hurt. I mean, to even. And so it doesn't. Some stuff, if you're not meant to know it, if it's not going to propel you in this life, if it's not going to be a positive experience for you that's going to bring you further to where you want to be, then you're probably just not going to see it. I don't think if 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 you ever run into an Akashic Record reader reader that says, yeah, I can do this like that, like, and just give you up front everything they can do, you just go. I'd like to see I, it. I don't even know until we get in there. I'm like, you know. Well, it doesn't read like a book is what I'm trying to say. And I guess where I'm going from this to build on what Dave said, that there are things that you may not be meant to know at this time is what I'm trying to say. They meet you exactly where you're at. They're not going to tell you something that's going to scare you or, or you know what I'm saying? So to go back through the Akashic Records and yeah, you may be able to get some information if it's going to serve your journey in this lifetime or help you with why you're here. But again, I think that, that I literally heard from spirit. That's when you will get the answer of it doesn't matter because it doesn't. If it has no bearing on your life in this time, and, you know, even if it was just for curiosity's sake, they can see the big picture. We can't. So maybe they could see there's a reason why you're not meant to know maybe what you want to know. But I will tell you, going into the records, the way I've trained with my mentor and worked with her and, and done quite a bit of research. Again, that's usually what I'm doing is some kind of research if I'm not <laughs> creating and listening or reading to or audiobook or whatever. And again, I don't have all the answers, but it's not like walking in and opening a book. You will hear people describe it like, like a library. And for some people, it may appear that way. The way we've been shown in, with who I worked with is it's a vast, endless, if you will, universe almost like you can go anywhere, backwards, forwards, all over the place. But what I'm trying to say, it's not like you're going to flip open a book and just read from the page, read from the page. Read. It'd be great if you could. But I think Dave's answer supports what I'm trying to say with what you said there, Dave. And for somebody else with about Akashic Records, and Laura Lee will agree with this, everybody's going to see it a little different. Now, the Akashic Records is a, is a thing. It's a place. But it's going to look however the reader needs to see it what we feel comfortable with like some like she said some see it as a library some people walk down it and see the library some people see it almost as a huge tapestry some people see it as a yeah. hallway down there. i've been in the akashic fields so the akashic fields is it was in a forest and and actually it was and this will sound crazy but sorry it's how it works it is in a forest and i had a stag who showed me around so yeah so that was but but the information it's going to come to you however you need to get it now is there really a stag in front of the akashic records moving people around i don't know probably not it's probably some i'm not going to say no dave because you know what like the, and again i'm not saying my mentor was the be all to the end all because i've looked at the way other people have done it had many conversations and you are saying it so beautifully 
So I can't tell you that, no, there's not a stag there because, you know, we could work when I've, the way I've, I've been shown is with say, just for, I'm just going to pull a name out, Mother Mary, if I wanted to, or, you know, there's, there's a, an infinite plethora of ascended masters you could work with up there. You can work on an individual basis, which is a beautiful thing, but the, and sometimes you, you may need to, but the beauty in working with, we call them the masters, teachers, and loved ones with, Again, her name is Amy Robeson. Check her out if you want. She's a great teacher. I, I love her. She's out of Los Angeles. And, and she calls it so that it's a collective. And by the way she taught us, and it resonated with me. So if it resonates, please feel free to, to either accept it or, or say, no, this doesn't fit for me, is by working with a collective, we're getting all of that knowledge and all, all in one, if you will, versus just working from one perspective. Now, again, um, there's universal consciousness. See, this is where it makes my brain hurt because then I get the logical spiritual side going, well, for universal consciousness, right? Shouldn't they all be tapped in and not have to work with a collective? I ask all these questions in my brain. This is why I'm always researching. <laughs> Maybe I'm complicating it. <laughs> no, I do this still <laughs> What's that? Uh, there is some stuff that's hard. I know I've had people ask me about certain things in my NDE and I'm like, I just, I can't find a word for it. There's literally not a word. And they've, Ooh, I've, I've been heard. by spirit before. There's no word. The Akashics though. I mean, I think it's what you need to see. Some, um, some people have you envision different places and you know, whatever, how, you know what, whatever you need to see as your human self, just go with it. That's just what Leah said. She said it perfectly. If you aren't ready, you just don't hear it. She says, yeah. I've learned that. It's true. Okay, Jane, this is interesting. Now, I have never heard this. So I can't say yes or no. It has been said oh. that the records are located in Egypt under the Sphinx. I've never heard I, that before. I, I heard something that that effect. The only thing that, and I'm, I can't say it, it can't be, but I would say it would have to, it, it wouldn't be a, physical thing it couldn't be a physical thing because it contains all the records of everything that ever did happen ever will happen and everything that has happened but what if it was like a portal or a doorway is that what you're saying jane maybe thank you that's what i was thinking if they were thinking maybe there's a portal to something but because some people it's, it's it's kind of okay like mirrors are portals we've talked about that in our show before some people would need to look into a mirror to look in a portal to see something where some people might be able to project themselves there without the portal you don't always need the portal but well sometimes that's kind of wrong too because sometimes you do need the portal but for the most part you can get this is when my brain starts to hurt <laughs> The reason I retracted that is because I know that a lot of beings from the other side who we're seeing here aren't coming from out, from up in the sky. They're coming from within a dimension. So they figured out how to move over here too. So maybe it's the same thing. We've just forgotten how to do it. But I think, um, like like you said, portal. I would think portal. I, my vote's portal, and I just and that's just a guess. But I'm going to say portal. Yeah, me too, because I had never heard that before. But I, as I always say, just because I haven't heard of something doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And again, um, so Carrie says acoustic and frequency and vibration, because when I, I, I agree, but I also want to say that when Jane 
I was reading that question, that question when I literally could see like an, an entrance way, if you will, not a physical entrance way, but an energetic. I don't know. I don't know. Because I put that on our banner today. Sorry, go ahead, Dave. But then we'll get to it's not a portal and it's literally they were saying that you have to dig. I mean, then if you actually had to go to Egypt to dig, to go down there, to look at the records, the people who read them should be getting paid a whole lot more because that would be like a pain in the butt, pain in the butt. So I would think portal. Okay. Miss Passmore's question. Perfect. Yes. Who built the pyramids? Okay. okay so who, I know who I think built the pyramids. I, I have been told but okay. it's more than it's more than one mm -hmm. I more agree than one. because the whole story of the Anunnaki and the whole bit and I'm not saying it did happen or it didn't because I've seen evidence to support that that theory but I truly believe that it was built by ET races because even today yeah. and Dell watches documentaries Hi, baby. Hi, Angel. Um, he watches documentaries on all the time. Plus, he builds houses and whatever else, right? He's got construction background. Apparently, with the precision and the degree and the cuts of those, the way it's built, that there doesn't even exist anything in this time that could build something to that magnitude. You know what I'm saying? And then the way they're all lined up energetically with constellations. And then when you start looking on places like Mars, and other places there indeed are pyramids. There are pyramids all over the place. I am, you know, to anybody, uh, to any scientist or anything who still is hell-bent on thinking that people built them, that's fine. I'm not going to go against that, but I do know different, and I do know that it was not built by us. Not and, built I by humans. We, assist, we assisted, but um, I, I, I agree that I am, I mean... That's a better answer that it wasn't human. Let's put leave it at that because I can't even say ET because when I feel into it, it feels like it's a variety of energies, but not not human that we may have helped. Well, you got some interesting comments here. Some of those stones were fifty. And then, the fact, and, and then the fact you got to think about this too. Back when the pyramids were built, um, didn't weren't the human weren't human beings also being um tweaked yet by other races like our dna yeah you know who i've had an interesting conversation many times with about is paul anthony wallace he's got fifth kind tv on youtube and he's written three books the scars of eden escape from eden i'm trying to remember the third one but we get into the most interesting conversations about this and about the human race and where they came from and you know he's just such a fascinating guy to have a conversation with because that's where we really went around the bend and back again on that conversation many times he's been on this show thank you carrie echoes of eden thank you yes and jane says et uh yes et's and stones move through sound vibration i think that's oh thank you for that because i wasn't sure what carrie was referring to i think it was carrie acoustic and frequency and vibration and you know what and people ask me because people always ask me like i know everything i and i don't and, and none of us do but that's a good thing because if we knew everything there would be absolutely no reason to be here, we don't need to so be here. We're, 
what what we're doing by not knowing this is we're learning about knowledge that we probably already know, but we're learning it from a different perspective now. So everything I'm learning now, I'm learning it as Dave, where who I might be over there knows it already, but I came here and now I'm knowing it as Dave. How does Dave feel about this information? How did Dave go about discovering this information? So I think it's just, so it, it's not a bad thing not to know everything. And I don't think we're gonna know everything. You know, it's kind of like working with different mem. If you think about it, spirit, spirit just gave me this. It's kind of like how we started the show about working with different mentors. It's kind of like trying on different different forms as an eternal soul to kind of get that perspective, right? You know what you said, like what does Dave? How does Dave learn? What does Dave feel? Next time it might be somebody over in Asia. I just somewhere over there but you're getting different pieces and perspectives like to create the whole right yep it is i mean i could come back in my next life and be a medium again but be a woman who grew up in australia and in an indigenous tribe somewhere and i did and we that. go back in time like that blew my mind years ago for some reason i always thought we went forward but if it doesn't serve our purpose, right? Like if it, meaning that we're coming back for a particular, you know, we want to learn, you know, evolve our soul, we'll say for an experience that we're having in that lifetime, we may have to go back in time too, right? I guess you go back to pass forward. And you can even go forward. Mm -hmm. You know, that's very strange. Um, what would be the fun in knowing everything? Yes, that's absolutely correct. What would be the fun in knowing everything? I am not sure. So Jane says, yes, humans being given DNA upgrades. Remember, pyramids were built all over the world. Yes, that's what I was saying. And even off world, we're seeing maybe as now that is a cool thought, Jane, maybe as vehicles to other dimensions. I mean, a lot of the stuff, the shapes, everything have a lot to do with like Metatron's cube and the Merkaba and all those other things, all those shapes, all those geometrics. It's so funny. You want to hear what the what the joke of the universe is for me? The universe okay. is so number and shape orientated in geometry and math and all this other stuff. And that is my worst subject in the world. Me too. I am terrible. I didn't get out of general math in high school and I work with something, yeah, sacred geometry. Maybe sacred geometry for me would be a lot easier than regular geometry. I keep getting called to it. I keep hearing the call. The other one that I keep getting, okay, I'm going to put this out there. I've never done this before. I keep getting the word Montauk, like Montauk, like it keeps coming up in dreams i know that montauk is associated with various different I, I get that okay but there's something significant in that word that i have not unlocked that's why it really picked up for me um i don't know why when you said quantum field sacred geometry mm -hmm. i don't know what it is in there there's something in that word that that name you're laughing I've dave I read because I read Carrie's um, comment. Well, I didn't read it. You can read it. It said, it said, <laughs> I know that's why I'm laughing. 
damn autocorrect don't you just love it like i don't <laughs> but we're not making fun of you but for people that are listening and not watching that's why she's going lol how yeah that's why she he was laughing and i was trying not to smile because we knew what you meant but it was a nice yeah. Nice little comedy break. The world is built on mathematics. It is. It's it's completely built on mathematics. The universe is built on mathematics. But I think there's a period. I'm going to tell you, and I've and I've said not the story, but that void part that I was in during my NDE. It was. There was no shape, no numbers, no nothing. It was just. I can't tell you. It was just. It was just laying, it was just like floating in this silky, beautiful black sky with, you didn't care about who you are, who they are, or anything else. It was just being a state of being. So it doesn't, I felt like that's probably the only place in the world where I haven't felt math. But I'm sure there's math to that too as well. There you go. I did, I had to know math, but the reason why I didn't go into medical school out of high school um, was because I couldn't do physics, hated it, couldn't stand it, and math. Like we had all this complex math to do, fractal reality, there you go. Um, and I just, I, I don't know, I, it's, I think it's one of those things, math, kind of like astrology. Either you're really into it and you get it and you love it, and you really, really into it, same thing with math, or you just like, Yep, it's just like, and and I think that's just what it is. I mean, I don't know. I could be wrong, but like Del, like he'll do math, and I'll have no idea what he's doing, because he'll be going, okay, um, seventeen point six centimeters equals two 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 inches times a two 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 two, and then he puts the answer out, and it's like, I have no idea what what you just did. I'm glad you got the answer, but I have no idea. Hey, Dave Petrella, welcome. Perfect timing because I was just about to tell you, as far as like astrology goes, I don't know crap about astrology. I mean, I know some, but I don't know. I don't, I'm one of those people that I don't get, I understand it, but I don't, I can't read it for people. I, I, yeah, I, but that's I, what it is. Yeah. yeah either I we let, do or we don't. Yeah. I'd let that to the people. It's like people are like, Dave, don't you want to learn it? I'm like, there are people here who know it and they're experts in it. I will talk to them if I need it. I, I, I have intuition. It. I have science. I love science. I always excelled at science, but physics and numbers. And we used to have, God, what was it called? Functions and relations. That's how it shows my age. And um, all these complex quadratic equations. And it just, it just went over my head. I never, I never enjoyed it. I never saw the reason. And I can tell you, I have not used most of it throughout my life. I haven't. Have you, Dave? Oh, I was that kid. In, I was I was in that era in school where they said um, they wouldn't let us use our calculators. They're like, can't use your calculator because are you always going to have a calculator on you whenever you need it? No. So you got to learn math. And now it's like, dude, I got a phone. I don't even have to read about history. I could Google it. You know? Yeah. So that era was kind of, they didn't know. They were not psychic back then, apparently. I got to ask Leah, Leah, are you a nurse? Is that what you do? Because um, she said the med conversions always intimidated me 
in going into medicine. And what happened with me working in the NICU as a nurse, and we did not have a pharmacy that would calculate doses, like the stuff we used to have to do when I was working. Now there's work clerks and there's secretaries. There's all kinds of people. We used to have to do all that, mix our own IVs. But with when you've got a baby that's like 500 grams, so like less than half a pound of butter, basically, and you've got to figure out cardiac medications for them. So you got to do some complex math, you know, mathematical uh, calculations. So our safety thing was um, one, one of us would figure out our dose and then we give the same thing, like how much would you give this baby? And we'd have to check with two other nurses that were working. We all had to match. Nobody, I mean, that was our fail safe, right? That's what we had to do. And now I mean, it comes premix from the pharmacy, which is nice in the way it should be. <laughs> so, and calculus. Yes, thank you, Carrie. Yes, calculus. I didn't Sorry, like that either. Sorry, everybody. This is Angel, my kitty. He came in to bother me. <laughs> like, Angel's so sweet. I love Angel. Oh, numerology. Yes. Yes. So Jane says, I was into numerology. Then there's gematria when you get, now that is kind of a junk. I can't even call it science. I'm sorry, but I think it's very subjective. Gematria. But, um, I was into numerology for years. I read a ton of books and it was very interesting that the information was all consistent. Carrie says, cute kitty. Yeah. Well, you know, who's really good at numerology. And I have to say, uh, my friend Lois T. Martin. Now she always had a show called, um, I got your number but they just had their last show a couple weeks ago but what she does and she does astrology like the back of her hand but she pulls it all together and then she'll take the letters in your name and she'll tell you what each stroke means as it pertains to who you are and what it's a really unique way of doing numerology I find Dave you look like you're ready for bed Shannon goes Lois is awesome yeah that's because you love her and she loves you too Shannon <laughs> I wish I knew astrology a bit more than I do because I'm super, you know, what's funny is I'm interested in the skies and I watch like the, um, I've got like all the stuff on my phone to recognize the star systems and all that stuff. But mm -hmm. for some reason, I don't, my brain doesn't put it together to do a reading with it. You know what I'm saying? I am looking at it. I know what it means. I know where to get there and I can find my way out of the woods and all that other stuff. But if somebody asked me yeah. for a reading on astrology, I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I got a good friend I can, can, can connect you with. So Jane says white cats are so magical. So beautiful. That was one of the messages I left Dave today about the power, the healing power of, of animals, but especially with cats. Did I not say that one of my voice messages to you today, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got four cats. So. Yes. So does Jane. I know she does. You got a lot of kids uh, too. Okay. Leah doing natal, natal charts is super interesting. Oh, uh, Dave, did you see that, Dave? Did you see it? I don't know if she's talking to Dave I, in the chat or Dave, you. That huge I, comment. I can watch it myself, but go ahead. No, I missed it. Did you see it? No, Dell was telling our youngest, Justin, about it. And Justin thought he was lying, like teasing him because he has a hard time with humor, right? And sometimes Del, we joke with him because he does have a good sense of humor. But he kept going, is he lying? And we, I told him, no, he's not lying to you. He's not joking. You could really see that comment. No, I didn't look. I guess I should have. 
I don't know. Oh, so Shannon I, says her hubby uh, saw it at 4 a.m. Okay. The reason I was already in bed. You sure you weren't getting up for work about that time almost? <laughs> it, could be, it could be anything that, yeah. But I would love to see a comment. I would really love it. And I'm saying, I've saw shooting stars in my lifetime, quite a few. Oh, gosh, all the time, shooting stars, yes. Do you see the, um, what are those lights called, the northern lights? Northern, I knew you were going to ask. I had it in my brain before you said it, northern lights. Yeah. Do you see them okay. by you? So it's kind of hard to see in the city. So usually if it's really cold and it's a quiet night, like not a lot of traffic or anything, depending on where you look, sometimes you can see it. Now, Aurora Borealis is another name. Yeah. But where you can really see them, I find, and it's so hard because you can't drive out there because nobody uh, usually plows the road, but Outward Dell's family's uh, camp is or cottage. It's only about 30 minutes from the city. It's like literally going into another dimension. I swear to God to you. It, you just turn down the road and it's like you can feel it. Even if you don't, you're not used to feeling energy. It is like going to a different planet almost. But the things you can see that are so magical out there, including the northern lights, you could see those in a heartbeat out there. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. The first time I was driving up in Wisconsin, and we're, yeah, they're called the northern lights. They could see them. And I That's what we call them. Yeah, I was driving into them and I was like, it was almost scary the first time I saw it because you're just not used to seeing a sky that looks like that. You know, so that was what, I, you know, I, it's there was, me. there was one thing that happened to me talking about these things that I, I always forget about. And every once in a while, I remember me and a friend of mine, this is in Wisconsin. We're going up to a cabin up there. And this is like in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. This is like, this is, looks like, like one of those places you'd go to, you know, serial killer horror movie. I mean, there's like no one. And yeah. it's like a, it's like a one-lane road covered in snow. We're driving a snowstorm. The snow is coming at us, and we had the lights on. And this huge, uh, whitish gold ball of light came, followed the car, and it went up and over us like that. It went wow. And I had asked the person who I was with, do you remember that, to see if they remember it? He said, yes, I do. And I was like, do you still know what that was? He goes, no. Do you think it was an owl? I'm like, I thought about that. <laughs> you know, our brains try to, our brains try to do that. The first time that we had Paradolia. a ghost. Run we had a ghost run at us one time. And I, that the first question I said after it ran and it was on film, I'm like, was that a bug? Was that a bug? And they're like, what do you mean? Was that a bug? I'm, like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm trying to make sense. You know, I know, you know what my pet peeve is hmm. when people think and, and God bless them, God bless them, because I find you they're usually newer to the paranormal field and I'm not making fun of them. But my pet peeve is orbs. I'm oh, sorry, orbs. people. Oh yeah. yeah, because, you know, I had one person that was so hell bent on orbs, but they had taken a blanket and went like this and put it back on the back. Oh my God, look at all the orbs. It's dust. It's like definitely. there's criteria for it, right? Maybe we should do a show about that one time is on orbs because uh -huh. do they exist? Absolutely. 
But yeah, yeah. I believe there's some criteria, if you will, about how you can know the difference. And where I really got this proven to me was our security cameras in the previous home. They wouldn't record, right? But we could see everything on TV. I can't tell you the amount of times we would see on the TV outside with the cameras thinking, oh my gosh, like, is the, is the fog so thick? Like, what are we having locusts? Or is there a snowstorm, rainstorm? And you go outside, it'd be nothing. But with the night vision, like any little bit of precipitation, it would be so magnified yeah. on camera. So you got to be so careful with that. But they do exist. But I've been on ghost hunts where you'll be sitting there and you can literally see the orbs with the naked eye because if they're you like... Can. That's part of the criteria. If you can see it with your own eyes in front of you, That's yeah, more. then, or like say you get, you get like, say if you, some people use like um, ITC, like with a, you know, ghost box or whatever, and you see an orb and then, you know, you get some kind of communication. An orb has its own energy source, its own light source. That's so another one of it. <laughs> You don't need to shine a light on an orb to see an orb. You should be able to nope. see the orb without a light. And mm -hmm. most, so they do exist. Yeah. Yeah, they, they do, do exist. exist. And it's a real, it's an absolutely real thing. Absolutely. But I mean, and that's why I said God bless them, because I find it's usually people that are newer to this and still trying to figure things out. And and so it's I think what made me think of it was the pareidolia. So what about not seeing, let's see this question about not seeing an orb with a naked eye, but you know, something is there. Yeah. You gotta, we just were talking about trusting your intuition. I'm talking about people that get pictures of things and say it's an orb like off of their security camera or something like that. I actually posted in my group on paranormal university, it'll be in the files. Probably there were some really good articles about pareidolia and about, um, Orbs. Yeah, and many things so, we're talking about are in there. <laughs> Paradoia is that's another one I see all the time, and I don't want to ruin anybody's parade, but a lot of people, mean anything, right? <laughs> yeah, I see. I, I saw their face, you know, like seeing Jesus and toast, you know, all that other stuff. You know, it's our human beings are programmed to pick out a face in whatever we see for whatever reason, and so face, we're always yeah. going to do that. Yeah. Always, that that's why I posted them because people were posting pictures like that and then you get some people that love to get behind a keyboard and be very nasty with the keyboard and so you know because people don't know I mean people don't know I mean there's been times where I would never say unless somebody actually asked me is this an orb and I actually knew I would say no or yes that's well, how I feel. I don't say to somebody, even though it's a pet peeve, I don't say to somebody, that's not an or you idiot or dinged. I would never do that anyways. But no, I don't say that to people. But what I'm saying, if somebody asks you, or do you think this is an orb? So, you know, I would say, you know, have you ever maybe looked at some of the criteria? So you might be able to feel whether you think it really is one or not. I would never say to somebody, like, just come out and say, that's not it, because I wasn't there. I didn't experience it when you took the picture. That's a good right. idea to always just tell somebody, go look up the criteria of what all these people who actually seen orbs and have these pictures of and everything, what the criteria of is an orb. I Listen, this is kind of comical. Going with it. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of comical and kind of fun, but a lady had contacted me and she said, 
there's been something in my room and there's this my kitchen and the dogs I was looking at it, blah, 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 you know, the classic thing. And I said, okay. And she goes, well, I have a video of this orb going through my kitchen and it's just, they're just one after the other. And she said, and I said, do they have a flight path? She said, at the same point, they're going, they're swooping down and they're doing all this. And I said, okay, show me the film. As I'm watching it, yeah, I see them go like this and then swoop, swirl and go like this. Every one of them. And as I'm looking up, I said, I said, on the top of your video, I said, what's up in the on your ceiling that I can't see in the video? She goes, oh, my fan. Your fan's on. So there's a piece, every time a piece of dust is coming into your door, it's all hitting that little thing and going that. That's we where I was going with this, is what I'm saying, yeah. Dave. So that's where, that's where I was going with this. And I get, it's like I said, even though it's a pet peeve of mine, I, I, it's not my job to judge some, somebody, but like you said, you need to point things out like that. Or like I said, I tr try to draw people's attention to, you know, there's some great criteria here. We've shared it in, it's not ours. I just looked it up and put it in there is what I'm saying. Yeah. Rather than you got to use logic and discernment too, right? Like you said, there's a ceiling fan, like, but a lot of people don't realize what you can pick up on a security camera, especially night vision. That is true. Right? Let's see. We felt, so, uh, Carrie says, we felt strong energy coming out of a spot on a tree in South France. One of the gals with us is gifted with energy sensory and manipulated and pointed it out. Then we each placed a hand over a spot to feel. Someone got video of colored light oh, streams coming cool. out of that spot. We thought fairies. Hmm. Sure. It could be. I, I, would, I would not put it back. Test it. Um, the little folk, the little folk or the forest folk, they they can be all kinds of things. I we should talk about that next week, you guys, because I've got some a really cool story that happened one time with a it was a fairy house, but we had noticed a whole bunch of stuff and what happened with this crystals. We only have three minutes left. I want to read Jane's comment quickly. I was getting amazing things on my outside video camera. I thought it was aliens. Marianne, Ghost Whisper, said they were orbs. Never seen orbs like these. I will send them to you later, Loralee. Yes, please do. Now, that's something else I want to add. And again, it's not my job to judge. But if somebody's giving you an answer that maybe is very intuitive, but you know in your heart, maybe you were there, Maybe you experienced it and it just it just doesn't feel like that to you. That's okay, because like Dave said, we don't know everything. We don't. But there's Angel again. Um, no. everything needs a healthy bit of skepticism. Do you guys believe in the fairies or fae? Well, how about we continue? We got like two, three minutes. Uh, Dave, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a card just because I know you read Leah and whatever, but just for anybody listening, if this resonates with you, great. This is my new deck I've been dying to use. Um, I treated myself. It's called Grey's the Angel Oracle. So I'm just going to pull it because we haven't got enough time to get into the meaning of it. Maybe next week. Um, I've got <laughs> how appropriate <laughs> spiritual growth. We've been talking about that. Oh gosh, don't even get me started on those because I love using dowsing rods. Dowsing rods. I was going to bring these out for this one. Maybe next week. Well, I actually had um, a a core. A, free class on that to make our own dowsing rods me and a, a seraphine some of you know seraphine we did that we got gave people a uh, supply list and we got together and we had a ball together online 
Hi, Sinead, you just missed us One from the UK. I want to let you guys know, though, there's always a replay, always a replay, either wherever talk radio or podcasts are carried on Roku, on YouTube, on Facebook. So please like, share and subscribe. Dave, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you? And I'll tell people where they can find me. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram or TikTok under Medium David Hansel, or spirit, Spiritual Medium David Hansel. My um, YouTube, which we uh, eventually this show will be on my YouTube channel as well. My YouTube channel is called The Spirit Experience. If you want to contact me, you can go to theywhispertome.com. That's where you can, that's the only place you can book a reading with me. If you want to write to me, it's david at theywhispertome.com. Take it away, Laura Lee. And David does not contact you for spiritual bracelets or anything like that. Only place you can get a hold of him is on his page. So you can get a hold of me on facebook.com forward slash the angel rock. What's that, Dave? Did I have a lot of imposters? Yes. And um, I have two groups on Facebook, Paranormal University for all things paranormal and the Angel Rocket Tribe for many of the things we're talking about tonight. So somebody asked about the Fae and if you believe in them, I unless something bigger pops up, not that we're expecting it, but sometimes something does from spirit, but maybe we'll pick it up from there next week. Um, also, what was I going to say? Oh, please join me for Angel Rocker um, on Monday night. Same time, same space here, UPRN. Like I said, I'm having Barbara from the International, I think it's INANS, International Near Death Association. It's like a global uh, association. So we're going to have an interesting conversation. So nice to meet you, Laura Lee. Oh, don't worry about that. I tell people, if you don't know how to say my name, because it's spelled so weird, just call me Laura, L-O-R. So thank you all for being here. We'll be back same space, same time next week. Are we going to say it together, Dave? Yes. What's at the foot of your, of your bed? And we will see you guys next week. You can let us all know about it next week. Much love and light, everybody. Dave. Bye, Jane.